Hey guys, and welcome back to Breaking Apostolic Taboo. Uh, my name is Alicia Kruger. Oh, and I'm Bailey Romans. <laughs> I was uh, reading a text message. I'm sorry! <laughs> it, totally fine. <laughs> uh, we're not going to redo that intro just because I like it. So, um, Anyways, <laughs> we are back to episode eight. Mm-hmm. Episode eight, part two, yeah, this of, is part our, two of our series of our pornography series of our let's talk pornography series yeah so we're super excited about today's episode a little caution for the people um this episode contains a lot of mature content more than likely um so if you have kids that you listen with or listen you have listened with you <laughs> uh, you may not want them to listen until you've listened to it if if you're wanting to use it as a conversation starter with your teenagers or whatever, you might uh, want to listen to it first, then move on if you think it's okay. Yeah. Um, so, but just a warning, we will have sensitive we'll topics. have sensitive and mature information yeah. in the forthcoming episodes. Um, yes. We say this now, but we will continue saying this in front of every single episode. Yeah, because I totally... And I also... I meant to start last week's episode like this, but I totally forgot about it. Because it's something I would like to state at the beginning of every episode is that just because you might have a pornography problem or you do have a pornography problem does not make you a disgusting person. Yes, we are going to start it off that way because every single time. so many... That is a misconception. You are not a disgusting person if you have a pornography problem. And this episode, what we're going to be doing is we're going to be sharing a lot of stats with y'all that we have... Um, looked up you yeah. know um we have we're going to do this in two parts so the first part is going to be our survey that we have um and you know we'll probably we might be doing this every single uh, episode if there's been any changes to it yeah any drastic changes to it it's still open you can find it in the bio of our instagram page um or if you can't find it i can send you the link to it or whatever yeah but. We, it's still up there for people to do. I may make a new updated one with maybe some new questions on it. But if I do, we will let you know yeah. if there's any new questions. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So um, we're super excited about uh, this whole entire series. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm just I'm going to jump right in and I'm going to read you all some of the statistics that we have from the uh, survey. Uh, that we have in our bio. If you haven't had the chance to um, complete the survey, please go and click on that link. Um, we'll share it again tomorrow whenever we... Um, and it is completely anonymous. I can't tell what your answer is. It doesn't It doesn't tell me so-and-so answered. I yeah, because I, I think me and her <clears throat> both took it, and whenever we went to go look, we didn't even see yeah. the name of who it was. Yeah, so it's completely anonymous. Nobody's going to find out if you filled out, if you're worried about people finding out. Exactly. Haven't you? Exactly. So, so um, basically, we, we titled this uh, Pornography in the Church because um, some of the statistics that we're going to be sharing later on on, um, isn't necessarily just in the church. It's basically the whole world because this is yeah. a this is a big issue that doesn't just affect the church. And um, and we found some pretty shocking, yeah. shocking things. So, yeah. anyways, oh, also the next before the other half of this episode is we're talking about what is a healthy conversation about sex. Yes, because that 
is kind of where the root of all of this begins. Yeah, definitely. So we wanted to give you the hard facts and where this begins because and it, how to and how to abstain from you know getting addicted. Yeah. And not wholly, because... Well, but anyways, <laughs> anyways. Anyway, anyway, but that's the next half of this episode. Yeah. It's just that. So, here, so, here we go. Um, the first uh, question that we had in this was, are you male or female? Um, 87.5% that answered this were female. 125 of this that answered the survey were male. Okay. Uh, were you raised in the church? About 72.5% said yes, and the remaining, um, some of it was no, some of it was half and half how, some of it was, you know, raised around it, so varying answers. Um, Did you grow up with a healthy family figure in the home? Uh, 65% said yes, Uh, 27.5% just said no, and then there were some others, um... Which I didn't mean to leave it open-ended like that, where you could put your own answer, but... <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, okay. it's whatever. So, uh, uh, you know, some of them are yes, some of them are no. Majority uh, were yes, though, so mm-hmm. that's good. Um, did you ever have the quote-unquote talk with your parents or parent, uh, which is basically just the sex talk, mm-hmm. the birds and the bees? Uh, 47.5% said yes, 40% said no, and 12.5% say I don't remember. So it's basically like... uh, Almost 50-50. Uh, were you sexually abused as a child? This one actually kind of shocked me, but I'm Mm. like, no. Uh, 65% said no. Yeah. And 35% said yes. Uh, how old were you when you first saw a pornographic image? Uh, 20% said three years old to six years old. Uh, 30 percent or 20% said three to six years old. 30% said seven to 10 years old. Uh, 35% said 11 to 14 years old and 15% said 16 plus. So the majority of everybody had looked at a their first pornographic image before they even turned a teenager. Yep. Uh, would you say you became addicted to porn? Uh, 47.5% said no. 52.5% said yes. So the overwhelming that's half, majority almost. That's half of Yeah, that's everybody. what I meant to say, half. Yeah. I'm tired. <laughs> overwhelming majority. There we go. <laughs> uh, would you say you learned what you know about sex from porn? Uh, 40% said no. 60% said yes. Would you say you learned what you know about sex from a parent? 15% said yes. 85% said no. Makes you wonder where they actually learned it from. Um, would you say you learned more about sex from the church itself? Uh, 97.5% said no. So that leaves only like two and a half percentage said yes, which I was extremely shocked about. Not even going to lie. And this last one, uh, were you too afraid to talk about your issues? 12.5% said no. And the overwhelming majority of 87.5% of people who answered this survey said yes. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, That's extremely sad. 
uh, I think the thing that shocked me the most was about the sexual abuse because mm-hmm. it, you hear everybody say, mm-hmm. um, and I mean, I, I think I've even said it, uh, you, you're likely, you're more likely to be addicted to porn if you were sexually abused. And it's probably true in a sense, mm-hmm. but that just says that maybe we're not maybe as some, bad as we think we yeah, are. Yeah, yeah, <clears throat> exactly. Maybe. And I think a lot of this research that we have, um, it really opened our eyes to a lot of it. Uh, there is a wonderful app that I have on my phone called Covenant Eyes, and it is it's wonderful it is a really good app it it blocks out a whole lot of things so uh when i was doing some research on my phone (sighs) some some websites it wouldn't let me have access to just because it did have uh the word porn in it you know and stuff like that and which i'm i'm thankful for it made research a little bit difficult but uh uh, part of me was like irritated by it you know part of me was like super thankful that like I actually put up a, a block to it. So, um, I think what we're going to be doing now is we have this wonderful PDF, um, because I'm not going to say who, uh, but one of us left all of her notes at home and she lives an hour away from <laughs> the other one. Hashtag Alicia left it all at home. Anyways, so, uh, I found this wonderful little PDF, um, that that I think I got majority of all my information from, anyways. Yeah. But um, so I have to dig through it all again. Man, I was looking at this and I'm like, and I'm having yeah. a hard time seeing it. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's it's it is uh, 43 pages, but it's it's it has a lot of. <laughs> We're really not going good... through every single God, page. No, no. I mean, if you would like the PDF. We can send it to you. Yes, absolutely. Um, you just have to contact us. The easiest way to contact us is through a person or a DM on Instagram or personal message us if you have one of us. And we yeah. can totally send you this information that we have. Mm-hmm. So there's that. Yes. So um, I will start this off. Uh, so the... Um, I lost my train of thought. From 2001 to 2007, internet porn went from a $1 billion a year industry to a $3 billion a year in the U.S. So it, it jumped up from, it jumped up $2 billion yeah. within six years. Um, uh, and it's projected that uh, virtual reality porn would be, should be a $1 billion business by the year 2025. That's third behind an expected 1.4 billion virtual reality video game market and 1.23 billion dollar virtual reality NFL related content. So it it should be projected by the year 2025 that virtual reality porn will be the top three uh, billion dollar industry in the virtual. That's 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 just sad, is what that is. for real. Yeah, I mean, it's just incredibly. Um, pornography websites, uh, 40,634 40, websites distribute porn. Uh, in 2010, out of the 1 million most trafficked websites in the world, 
42,337 are sex-related sites. Uh, free websites compromise comprise between 70 to 80% of the adult material online, typically used as quote-unquote bait for pay websites, guiding viewers to premium pay services. Um, and I think that's why it is such a bigger issue now than it was then, is because yeah. we have so much access access to the internet, and there is so much out there in that, it's um, and it's free. And I think uh, the most trafficked pornography website out there is Pornhub.com. Um, free, unless you want to pay premium. It is free, but they have all sorts of ads out there for other pornography websites on there. That and like, if you have, if you want to pay for it, you get longer, better videos. Yes, and, and like it's that. just <sighs> wild. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, uh, Webroots Cybersecurity says uh, 28,258 users are watching pornography every second. Uh, $3,075.64 is spent on porn every second on the internet. Uh, 40 million Americans alone regularly visit porn sites. Uh, 35% of all internet downloads are related to pornography. Um, according to Pornhub uh, reports in 2017, 28.5 billion annual visits to the website. 28.5 billion visits yearly to the website. 81 million dollar daily average visits. Dear God. 25 billion searches performed. 50,000 searches per minute. 800 searches a second. 4,052,542,542,500 videos uploaded. 68 years worth of content uploaded. 68 years worth of content has been uploaded to Pornhub. That's wow. 3,732 pentabytes of information transferred. And basically, that's enough to fill the memory of every iPhone on Earth. Every single iPhone. That makes you wonder, because they sell them from, like, 8 gigs, 16 gigs, 64 yeah. gigs. That's a lot of iPhones. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I can't, man. I can't. Um, yep. Yeah. Oh, we're not going to dive into that. Um, a 2012 survey of 177 porn actresses demonstrated porn stars are more likely than the general public too. So this is what porn stars are more likely to do than us, uh, than common folk, I guess is what you have it. First have sex at an earlier age, average 15 years old, have more lifetime sexual partners, 74 partners averaged, be concerned about catching an STD average. 8% are concerned. Have ever used marijuana, hallucinogens, ecstasy, cocaine, Methamphetamine, tranquilizers, and heroin. Tranquilizers. Tranquilizers, yeah. Oh, and this is one of the most... This next paragraph is one of the most um, heartbreaking, I think, for me. Uh, A 2010 study of 304 pornographic scenes discovered that 88.2% contained physical aggression, including spanking, gagging, and slapping. Nearly half... 
48.7%, contained verbal aggression, mostly name-calling. The perpetrators were mostly male, and the targets were mostly female. The targets were depicted responding either neutrally or positively. Um, And so I think that just comes back to what we had before. Uh, Yeah. Over half say they were addicted to pornography. Mm -hmm. And the majority of all porn presents a male speaking dominance like yeah male dominated yeah and it's speaking aggressively and performing aggressively yeah and the thing is like more women are now rapidly viewing pornography Mm -hmm. so does that mean more women are being like are that more women are fetishizing being abused and we're okay with that we're okay with being abused i mean yeah i mean someone who was like physically verbally dear god i would never want that like why would you actively seek someone abusing you like mm -hmm. it's kind of a messed up thing we have in our minds now yep yep um, so now we're going to dive into, this is, this will be the last statistics that we, uh, what we'll, uh, talk about really quickly. And I'm going to go through them pretty quickly. One, because my phone's about to die and it, once I get it in, bring any of my paperwork. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, after an analysis of 400 million web searches from July, 2009 to July, 2010, researchers concluded 13% of all searches were for erotic content. The most category of sexual searches was quote unquote youth. 35 of the top searched sexual interests account for 90% of all erotic searches, meaning that people's searches curiosity are clustered together in a relatively small set of common interests. By and large, men prefer images and graphic sex sites. Women prefer erotic stories and romance sites. Mm-hmm. Okay. According to a survey conducted by the Barna Group in the U.S. in 2014 and 2016, uh, this is where we really dive into uh, men and women. Uh, the following percentages of men say they view pornography at least once a month. 79% of 18 to 13 year 18 to 30 year olds, 67% of 31 to 49 years old, 49% of 50 to 68 years old. Uh, the following percentages of men say they view pornography at least several times a week. 63% of 18 to 30 year olds, 38% of 31 to 49 year olds, 25% of 50 to 68 year olds. The following percentages of women say they view pornography at least once a month 76% of 18 to 30 year olds, 16% of 31 to 49 year olds, 4% of 50 to 68 year olds. The following percentages of women say they view pornography at least several times a week 21% of 18 to 30 year olds. 5% of 31 to 49 year olds and about 0%. So it's like 0. Point something percent, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, 50 to 68 year olds. 55% of married men say they watch porn at least once a month compared to 75, 70% of unmarried men. 25% of married women say they watch porn at least once a month compared to 16% of unmarried women. Okay. So that is basically saying 25% of married women, married women view more porn than unmarried women. That's kind of. And I, 
Yep. That's a sting right there. Yep. It makes you wonder there is a lack of... There's a lack of sex drive in a uh, marriage, if that is what's going to happen. If if we want to bring this little subject up, a marriage does not fix your sexual issues. Mm -hmm. And we could talk about that more later. Yes. But a marriage does not fix everything. Mm -hmm. Let's continue. Yes. So, uh, here we go. This will be the last little bit. According to a survey by the Barna Group in 2016... 3,000 respondents have the following perceptions about porn. Uh, 90% of teens and 96% of young adults are either encouraging, accepting, or neutral when they talk about porn with their friends. Only 54% of porn users believe sexual acts that may be forced or painful are always wrong. Only 44% of porn users believe someone being depicted in a demeaning way is always wrong. Just 55% of adults 25 and older believe porn is wrong. Teens and young adults aged 13 to 24 believe, this is what got us, believe not recycling is is worse than viewing pornography. So you not throwing your straw into the plastic bin is worse than viewing porn in yeah. their eyes. I'll leave that right there. Because uh, wrong. <laughs> That's not okay. Uh, only 43% of teens believe porn is bad for society. Uh, 31% of young adults, 18 to 24, 51% of millennials, 44% of Gen Xers, 59% of boomers. Of 13 to 24-year-olds, only 57 believe a nude image that is sexually arousing is pornography. Okay. Uh, only 24% of adults believe a fully nude image is pornography. Just 39% of adults believe so. About half of daily porn users say porn featuring teens is wrong. If you are watching pornography that is featuring teen, that... That's is child pedophilia. Porn. That's child porn. That's pedophilia. Okay. Uh, men are 500, 543% more likely to look at porn than females. Those who are happily married are 61% less likely to look at porn. Uh, emphasis on the words happily married. Those who are politically more liberal are 19% more likely to look at porn. Those who have ever who had ever committed adultery are 218% more likely to look at porn. Those who had ever engaged in paid sex are 270% more likely to look at porn. And those with teen children are 45% less likely to look at porn. So, there is a lot more statistics, and I actually think we might be just uploading this PDF. We'll, ha- we'll have to. We'll have to do something so you can get all these statistics, because there's just, there's just so much. Yeah, if you want them, DM us, so we can just shoot you over that little link. That's wild. Yes. So much information, but I think it just comes down to, um, like, half of the world thinks that Watching pornography isn't a big deal. Yeah, it's 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 not a big deal. It's okay. It's okay. It's you know, it's whatever. They're neutral about talking about. They're accepting. They're encouraging. But like, in those statistics, it shows that over half. Yeah. Over like almost all porn 
depicts a man, mostly males. Yeah. Dominating a woman. Dominating a woman. And yeah. not in a, like, a good, in a good way. Dominating, no. I think, is like a... And we put such a negative connotation to it, but... There's a difference between domination and a man just being strong. Yeah. Though. I think, when I think dominant, like a dominant man, I think of almost an abusive man, but maybe that's because of my history with that kind of... When I think of a strong man, I think of a man that takes care of his family, that that takes care of his woman, that doesn't, you know... I, I have always viewed dominance as kind of aggressive. Warmed. Aggressive, yeah. See, and I don't view it that way. I don't view domin, dom, a dominant man. I don't believe that he should have a, a demeaning and a features, uh, like demeaning, you know, personality traits yeah. or, or be demeaning in the bedroom. Yeah. You know, but I do think that for me, dominant, the word dominant just, just trans just like relates to strong yeah you know and i think that's where but i i think that also has a lot to do with like personal experiences yeah definitely but i think what we both can agree on is the fact that aggression Mm -hmm. verbally and physically in pornography is way more prevalent than we would have have ever liked it to be yeah for sure i just i'm just shocked in general and Something I'd like to point out is the lack of when we were searching for statistics Mm -hmm. and trying to find numbers, we could find every little piece of statistic we wanted on a male. Yep. But practically nothing with females. Yep. And I think because this world has has gotten to it that, you know, we we think that only men have sex drive and and if a woman has a sex drive, then she's quote unquote a whore. Or slut. Yeah, and I was like, I had so heard some, um, on Dear Unmarried Couple podcast. I can't remember this exact statistic, and I did not write it down. I probably should have. But like, it's almost 50 50 now. Yeah. Like, the ratio of who it, it's practically in the middle now. Like, 79% of women and like 79% of men. It's like almost the exact same statistic now of sex drive in general. Yeah. And I mean, I can say I'm probably just as, you know, sexually driven as my husband is. Yeah. Honestly. I, but I just, I think that like women, and I, I wish that there were more more information out there for women but I think part of the reason why there isn't is because we feel so so pressed down about it you know we can't admit it we can't admit what problems we go through you know um I mean like one of those statistics said more more married women view porn than unmarried women yeah you know and why is that I wish, I like, I guess... I love I'm, how you emphasize the happily married thing, because if you were happily married, you wouldn't be watching. Yeah, and we're not saying that, like, marriage has to be happy every single day. Like, no, marriage is a commitment. It is a struggle. You know, you have yeah. to choose to stay with them. You have to choose to love them. You have yeah. to choose to work through this. Because after you've been with somebody for um, a long time, I'm sure you're going to get on each other's nerves. Like, yeah. Like today I was getting on my husband's nerves. We took a mental health day and we went out of town. And I was in the car acting like a lunatic because I needed to get it off my chest. I mean, I was being crazy, like 
acting like an Indian. I was literally being, <laughs> I was being crazy, and I threatened to pull out my karaoke microphone. Oh god! And, I hate um, that microphone. <laughs> I have a karaoke microphone that I annoy everybody with. Um, she does mean she annoys everybody with it. <laughs> <laughs> anyways, I threatened to get that out, and he was like, "You are so annoying." And I was like, "I know, thank you." <laughs> but I, I mean, just... <laughs> like, wow. While happily married, and I guess this is coming from the outside looking in, you know, on any marriage, there's a difference between, like, happily married and being, like, I I guess putting up this face of happily married. Yeah. You know? Um, Because I do have a friend that projects, you know, happiness in her marriage, but do I honestly think that they're happily married? I don't know. Probably. I'm not... I'm not, you know, them. I don't know what's going on in their their marriage, but I do think from the outside looking in, I'm like, maybe there are some things that could be worked on, you know. But, like, I also know that that maybe one of them struggles with watching pornography. Mm Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I just think it's crazy that that's just our statistics that we have to face. Yeah, and, um, and I mean, like, there are so much more, um, but we don't want to be talking for two hours, On you know, because yeah. so. I feel like just just talking about the statistics, it's kind of, it's kind of downing, it's a, you know, it's it just kind of like, geez, that many people, you know, that yeah. many people, but... Um, like we said, there are ways to avoid maybe possibly getting addicted to pornography. I don't think in this day and age there is a way to avoid um, being exposed to it. Yeah, no, there's definitely, it's, it's on billboards. It's when you go grocery shopping. I mean, there was a guy I was listening to, um, that was being interviewed on a podcast. And so this is public knowledge that he's like, how he started watching pornography was the JC Penny ads that would come in the mail and he would hide them under his bed and he would pull it out and he would be looking at the lingerie section. Mm-hmm. And I mean, he was a little kid. I mean, a little kid. Yeah. It's just, there's no, there's no way in this day and age to, to completely and 100% keep your kid from being exposed to it in no. any way, shape, or form. But there are ways to prevent them getting addicted to it, I think. Yeah. Um, or at least at least help in, in maybe putting a stop to addiction. Not saying yeah. being addicted to it is, is a completely downgrading thing. You know, we all yeah. struggle with something people struggle with. Uh, alcohol people struggle with you know smoking people struggle with marijuana people struggle with uh you know money and yeah i mean trust me i struggle with uh saving money so yeah it's just something we all struggle with but there has been such a negative connotation with struggling with porn yeah and i think where it starts with being more educated and obviously we need to be more educated but like a good way to start is what is a healthy sexual conversation about Exactly. What is healthy sex? Like, what is healthy sex? Exactly. In general. Um, I remember it wasn't too long ago that I was sitting in a car with one of my little brothers and not like biological, but they started going on maybe a conversation and my older brother sitting in a car with my older brother and my younger brother. Um, and they kind of, those two guys started talking about Maybe something that I shouldn't have been around. 
you know, and I'm like, okay, like this is not a healthy conversation for me to take part in. And maybe it wasn't a healthy conversation for them to take part in either. Probably not. No, but it starts with having it in the home, having, um, it in the church because obviously by our, st- our survey alone it's not getting talked in either oh yes oh that's one of the other things one in five youth pastors and one in five senior pastors either uh struggle with it or cur- currently view porn which means there are fifty thousand u.s church leaders mm-hmm. either struggling or viewing pornography yeah and that reminds me of that story. I think I may have told it on the last podcast episode. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I did, but he, he, did. he wanted to talk to his youth pastor about it. And his youth pastor was like, I don't want to hear about it. How dare yeah. you? How dare you keep a youth group person from admitting they have an issue? We can't run away from someone who wants help or admits they need help with something just because we're uncomfortable to talk about it. And we only, we make subjects as uncomfortable. I said that last week. We really make... We make it uncomfortable. We as people. It's it was never meant to be uncomfortable. To talk well, about. I think um, I think I do think there it, we make it inappropriately uncomfortable. Yeah. Does that make sense? Like I'm not gonna go and sit there and have a conversation with like just, fully and completely uh, about sex with males. Yeah. No. I'm not gonna do it simply because I'm uh, I'm a single unmarried. Yeah you know, woman, and I will not put myself in a position because that is Yeah, and see, my pastor... But only because it's inappropriate. My pastor is wanting to start a, um, a, a support group, which we had a statistic about that. Oh, yes. Only uh, 7% of churches in the U.S. actually have a program uh, that helps with... Uh, sexual addiction or pornography. Sexual addiction or pornography. Which means 93% of churches Don't. in the U.S. do not. And it's almost the silent killer of the church. If we're going to be honest, killer, because there's so much shame and guilt attached to it that people don't want to speak up about it. That's why that's what keeps Christians silent. Mm -hmm. They're afraid of being put out in front of the whole entire church because used to back in the day, a lot of churches, if you had, if you had an affair, if you did something bad, oh, your whole church knew because they would put you up in front of the whole church and say, this person's got an issue. Obviously, we know that's wrong now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> We're not going to go full on. I, I am never going to do that to somebody. I think. Ever. I think there is a difference between admitting you have a problem and flaunting that you have a problem. Yeah. Like, there, like I will sit there and I will admit to Bailey, hey, I'm struggling with something or I have a problem with something. Mm-hmm. But it would be different if I went to my whole entire church. Like, I'm not going to confess it to everybody. Because everybody doesn't need to know. Because not everybody is on your side. But where I was going with that is me and my pastor were talking. Because I told him, like, hey, I really want to get involved and really help. Because this is a passion of mine to talk about. And he, something we're trying to pray and talk about is, are we going to have split sessions? Or are we going to have a single session? And I'm really leaning more towards having split sessions. I do. Where males are in one and females are in the other. And maybe once a month coming together as a whole and all like have someone we're listening to talk about it i definitely think that is it is may very... open a door to somebody that shouldn't have been opened you know it may yeah. be like oh this person has an issue and i do too they're single i'm single we don't want that kind of stuff happening and plus and not only that but like because that one that's a major one is but like you can be more open with your same sex than yeah. you can with other people and i think it it's really important to have people that are going to be honest that they have issues or they've had definitely because 
then you make the group more open to talk mm-hmm. about it. But like, uh, let's see, what what do you think causes people to watch porn? Um, I mean, part of me thinks that uh, our day and age, being exposed to it so quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, average and, age of exposure is like eleven. Yeah, the average age is so young. But then not only that, but not having a healthy view about sex. Yeah. Not even knowing anything about it. If you, if like, I wish that my parents, my mother had came to me and told me about sex, Yeah, you know, in a healthy, good, you know, Christian, maybe not Christian, but in a healthy way, you know, I healthy and safe. I had good parents that, you know, I grew up with my mom and dad. I was raised in church. But I don't remember having the talk. Yeah, but because I mean, like, if you I you don't. don't have these talks, your your body is going to be because I mean, like, God made our yeah, hormones. Is, God made there hormones. There is a thing like called this. nocturnal omission, which is like a wet dream, basically, mm-hmm. that kids have when they're reaching puberty, where they will have masturbation in their sleep. Mm-hmm. And they'll wake up and they're like, or some of them may wake up in the middle of it. Some of them may wake up right after it. And they don't know what that is. Yeah. But they're probably, if they're anything like me, and uh, like they were scared of those feelings. It's, I it's, didn't it's, know what that was. And it's extremely terrifying because we weren't exposed to it. We, we didn't talk about it with anybody, you know? And yeah. so by not doing that and not really having like a healthy, safe, person or or space for us to go to to continue talking about this type of stuff it made us reach out for other things for other things and that completely and utterly skewed our our look upon it because i mean i'm not gonna sit here and be like i'm perfect no i was addicted to Mm -hmm. pornography you know and i i had a very very skewed perception of what a healthy sex life is supposed to be yeah I did too. Well, I I mean, I knew my parents like loved each other, but like a part of me uh, in my research of trying to figure out, well, what is a healthy way to talk about sex? Because I mean, that's what we're talking about. And I honestly, if you have kids and you're in the home, if you don't have a broken home, this is probably going to apply better in a sense. I, I can't speak. I don't know what a broken home's like. I don't know. I can't speak on that. But being very open with your kids about like showing love to one another. Because that was one thing one person said was he never saw his parents be affectionate towards each other. Mm-hmm. So there's already a disconnect in that aspect. You, you don't see your parents hugging or kissing each other, even though it's gross to you. <laughs> but like... <laughs> that's already a disconnect there's no love and there's no physical affection and so when they and having physical affection towards your kids in an unsexual manner manner showing them love and hugging them and telling them you love them because then they're not going to go look for it from somebody else right um maybe a good help to start anyways um this lady got asked to speak at a ladies uh little girls meeting or whatever i don't know what to call it a kid's or whatever not even kids it was a young adult woman thing anyways i don't know what to call that it was basically a purity conference for women and she walks up there and the first thing she says is sex is amazing <laughs> i, I wish you could see my face because like- if you could see alicia's face she shook but she was saying 
and I agree with this statement that the church has never talks about the good aspects of sexuality. So thus, we relate anything that has to do with sex as sinful. Yeah. Because all we ever true. hear is about the sinful side of sex and not the God-ordained side of sex. True. God made and designed a man to be attracted to a female body. And the enemy takes it and perverts it. So thus, that God-given attraction is now distorted. And that that's the issue we come with. And we see that exposure at a young age um, is what really... So that's just starting that conversation of what's good. You, obviously, they need to know the bad. Yeah. They obviously need to know the bad. Because people wouldn't be going out having sex if it wasn't good. Yeah, I mean, uh, I can't really say. You know, I really don't have an opinion about the actual act of sex. But I can I can say from viewing it, you know, like. Yeah. It's not, from what I viewed, it wasn't love. No. You know, that, and I think that this world has put such a. It's not a love thing. Yeah. You know, but it's, it, it's lust it's, and it's, attraction. But it's supposed to be. Yeah. It, that's what God made it for was to, you love your spouse. That's why yeah. you're supposed to say that. And this it is for a your, way of showing for your spouse. Them, you know, and, and all, all the devil has done is pervert it. Very much so. And he uses temptation and accusation to get us. Like, yeah. he'll tempt us and then immediately accuse us. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He'll do the tempting, and then he'll be like, can't believe you fell for that. that. Why'd you do that? Can't believe you fell for that. You're you're horrible. Why why would you fall for that? I thought you were stronger than that. And then, like... Yeah. I I, I like the saying, you can't help a bird flying over your head, but you can't help where it, it nests. Yeah. Yeah, you can't help a thought that passes through your mind. But you can make sure that it doesn't stay rooted there. You know, so the temptations come, but I mean, it, I think it just all boils down to not being able to have a healthy conversation, a healthy yeah. viewpoint of what sex is supposed to be. What we basically a raised a clueless generation of people. Yeah, because now all we know is the bad side and nothing about the good side, and all we talk about is bad, 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 bad. But in a marriage aspect, oh, it's good. Anything goes. Yeah, like you, you, you sit there. And All have, these feelings that were bad are now okay. Yeah, you've programmed, basically, you've programmed a person to completely and 100% abstain from anything sexual and to feel bad about these sexual feelings and to re- repress them. Yeah. You know, and then the minute that someone asks, will you marry me? Um, or you ask the question, will you marry me? Suddenly, you have to prepare in a short amount of time all yeah. these years of basically doing a complete 180. You know, going yeah. from no, 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 no. To go, to, go, 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 to go, 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 Yeah. You know? And I, I think, I mean, some other things that I think causes people to want to watch pornography is a willing person. Mm-hmm. There are some people that feel so rejected by females or males. Uh, pornography doesn't reject you. Right. Pornography takes anybody. I mean, you it's, can literally. There's no respecter of person. You can literally find old, young Nerd, geek, skinny, fat, whatever you want 
in pornography. There is such a large, the porn industry is so large and so vast mm -hmm. that um, you can find anything. You can pretty much find anything to suit your tastes. Yeah. And, oh, but you don't know what your tastes actually are. No, you don't. You don't get the chance to learn what your taste is. Yeah, you, you get this skewed vision. You don't of, take anybody that. Of breeds. a male. <laughs> Uh, majority of males and the ma some female, you know, talking and speaking and having derogatory remarks. Yeah, there's no the rejection. Having the sexual act with and like, there's no rejection. And, yeah, like, and it's just, it's a sometimes a safe place for people to get satisfaction where there's yeah. no rejection. Yeah, there is. Instead of finding that one person that will never reject you. And yeah, definitely. It's kind of sad. It is kind of sad. Like, I've been in the same boat. I mean, it's just... I wish that there were more healthy conversations about it. And I I, I wish... You know, if you, if you have someone, whether it be a... If you are a male, speak to a male. If you're a female, speak to a female. Because they can relate to you on the um, same-sex aspect. Yeah. You know? Um, and if you're a male listening to us, we don't mind. I just would like to point that out because I know we do have some male audience people. It's okay for you to listen to us talk about it. That's oh, why, yeah. That's absolutely. why we're here. I, listening to us talk is one thing. I actually, talking to us my about it. My husband another. was with me the other day when I was talking with someone about it because they were asking us about what we're doing right now, which is our series that we're doing on it. And they just had some input, but my husband was right there beside me. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, so that's. And my uh, husband listens uh, to this. He knows what we're talking about. So in that road branch, that's okay. Yeah, it, you know, it is okay if you are a male to sit here and listen to us talk about it, unless yeah. it makes you have an issue. And in that case, please talk to a pastor, a, a pastor. somebody. And I think that um, if you are struggling with something like this, if you are, please reach out to somebody. You know, mm -hmm. have those healthy conversations um, and start now. You know, because yes, it's going to be a very long journey, especially if you've had years and years and years of no, 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 no. And then you start reaching out to other things because you do have these feelings. You do have these urges, um, but no one else wants to talk about them. Please reach out to somebody. And if no one else is available and you are, you know, and you yeah. want to, you do need to, we're available. Yeah. You know, we're available to have healthy conversations about it because yeah. it starts with a healthy conversation. And if you, uh, for me specifically, since I am not single, if you are a male and you would like to talk, I would probably be the more apt person. I can put me and you and my husband in a yeah. group chat and we can all discuss it. And so there's nothing uncomfortable. And if you do reach out to me, then I will, then direct I will uh, direct you towards the better person redirect to go to. If you are a male, if you're a female, then, you know, like I'm here, yeah, here whatever. for it. You know, that's good. Um, but I think it just, and it's a small step starting with these healthy conversations. There are other steps and it's a long process for some people. Yeah. I also think another thing that causes people to want to watch porn is stress. Oh, it's a stress reliever. We as people are typically symptomatic and not causacious. And when causacious means the cause, like what the root cause. And so everything we do is about modifying our symptoms. So if I feel this way, I want to fix it. You know, if I have pain, I take an ibuprofen. And so instead of thinking of what's causing this to happen, we need, if we have an issue, we need to find the root cause. We need to fix it. 
and that requires patience. Yes. And, but this is such a fast But you've got to be open about it. Exactly. And this is such a fast-paced society that we live in when we have fast food. If mm-hmm. we're waiting more than five minutes on hold and we're, we're about aggravated. to... Aggravated. Aggravated, <laughs> you know? Like, you have to work yourself into thinking that, like, you don't need instant gratification. Yeah. Because that's no. what porn provides for it, people. It's an instant thing. You know, it, it, you can get it instantly. Like, if I didn't have certain restrictions on my phone, I'd be able to access it right now while we're sitting here talking. Yeah. But there's also ways to work around stuff. Exactly. Um, you can, and I just, we have got to start talking about this. Even at a young age, I really feel like starting those conversations, you need to have the birds and bees talk. I honestly think a good age is seven. Seven or eight. Because... There's no set age, though. Yeah. There's no set age. There's no set way to talk about it. Yeah, no. You, know, it you will just got to make it open. From, it will differ from person to person. Like you... You or maybe were, just always talk about it in yeah. a sense. Don't ever make one conversation and that's it. Make yeah. it be something that's reoccurring that you can bring up and talk about and say, hey, you know. Make sure up? your child, whether it be you or somebody else, has a safe and healthy space that they can go to to mm-hmm. talk about it. Yeah. You know, like for you, your parents, you would have preferred them talking to you about seven or eight, right? Probably. I, would have, I would have needed my parents to talk about it before I was five. Yeah. Simply because I was exposed at a very young age. I was exposed to sexual abuse when I was five years old. Mm -hmm. You know? And there's no way to predict sexual abuse. Right. There needs to always be an open conversation. There's absolutely no way. But there were tells in myself and that my... I, I couldn't verbally get out but my tell was... And I know a lot of people write it off, but I, I mean, I would start to get scared to go over to my mother's house, you know, because I, I do, I did grow up in a broken home. You know, my mom and dad were divorced. I'd start to get scared to go to my mother's house, but I was too cautious and too scared to verbally say it out loud. So my body would start projecting warning signs to my parents Yeah, about why I was scared, you know? And had they come up to me and been like, hey, what's going on? Are you okay? You know, per, per creating this healthy and safe space for me to talk about with them. Maybe I wouldn't have struggled with addiction to pornography. Um, maybe we, if, you know, when I did finally tell about the sexual abuse when I was 12 years old, I wouldn't have... And they had created that safe space then and healthy conversations then. Maybe I wouldn't have, you know, been addicted to it after then. There's no yeah. way to tell, though. But there is a way to maybe prevent it. And that's just by creating a healthy conversation, creating yeah. a safe space. Purity should be uh, should celebrate sex and sexuality, honestly. Because we, we're made sexual beings. God made us that way. We shouldn't make it uncomfortable if we... And if God has made something so holy and beautiful, what ground do we have to make it something bad? Right. To, to get back to, like, the church aspect of it, because we have new converts that are going to be coming into the church mm-hmm. that all they've had is this warped view of sex, and they're not going to know in a sense, what is right. And so maybe that's going to put issues in the marriage. Um, honestly, and because sex in the world, they, there's sex in the world. And it's like when they come to the church, there's no sex. 
no sex in church, but there's sex in the world. Yeah. Because we are wrong. so against it. Yeah, but that's wrong. There is. We yeah, we've turned desire into something that's really negative. Yeah, we've we've turned desire, healthy, godly desire, into worldly lust. Yeah, and that's not. And the more beautiful something is, the more corrupt it'll be. Yeah, and sex between a man and a woman, a husband and wife, the way God intended it, mm-hmm. is I'm sure a beautiful thing. Yeah. You know, like you were yeah. creating and melding to, cause I mean, we can just take it back to, to Job, mm-hmm. you know, when, when God is there and he grants, you know, double access, he takes all the hedge of protection around him. Yeah. He literally says, the only thing you can't do is kill Job. Yeah. Kills his kids, kills his crops, kills his animals. He kills pretty much everything, but he doesn't kill Job and he doesn't kill his wife. Yeah. Because whenever you join in a union, you are one. You are one. And the, one of the ways that you become one like that is through sex. Yeah. And, like, there's a scripture in Proverbs. I don't remember where it is. It's, it talks about not awakening your desires early, which I, mean, I wish I knew where that was. But I'm sure you can find it. And I, I am my desire is a lie. We are not. Uh, we have desires, but we are not our desires. So God had put in us, has put that into us. Anyways, that's just, <laughs> we've almost we've been talking about this for an hour. You know. So I mean, <laughs> I mean, we can continue talking about this like forever. You know? But we'll have to save some of it, you know, for next yeah. week. We don't want to get you here for too long. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just the statistics against pornography and, I mean, the uh, the numbness this generation has come become to it, you know, that's just overwhelming and overwhelmingly yeah. sad. Yeah. You know, and it's just, it's not a surprise that we are in the status that we are in. Yeah. That the world is in the state that it's in, you know, so. Yeah. And I think one of the ways to prevent this is I feel like I say a lot of the same things over and over same. again, but it's fine. Anyways, uh, whenever you start a podcast, you become aware of what you say a lot For more. Real. Um, but it just, it comes down to healthy conversations. I mean, whenever you, whenever you present a healthy space and a healthy conversation and just like stuff like this, and I've said healthy space and healthy conversation plenty of times in this podcast episode so yeah um if you get sick and tired of me hearing that trust me i have gotten sick and tired of me saying it so yeah um it I mean it just it all come it all boils down to how we present it yeah and we need to present it in a good godly way yeah because god taught god presents it in a good godly way in the bible because that's the way he intended it for yeah, it to be. we we as people made it negative and so let's just start talking about it in a healthy manner because it is not bad now it's bad outside of its god intended way it's got it's god intended it to be between one man and one woman and when and joined together in union between one man and one woman and when you go outside of that that's where it becomes yeah not healthy and not good and that's where it becomes 
you know. Yeah, it comes bad. So, yeah. I guess that's where we'll end off for today. So, thank you for listening to us talk and ramble and give you statistics and probably uh, just melt your brain. Anyways, I am Bailey Romans. And I am Alicia Kreger. And, and let's, let's start, start talking. talking.